Rogers. Taxi. This is the 77 WABC minicast. With us today is former Prime Minister of the country of Canada, Stephen Joseph Harper, and he's Prime Minister from 2006 to 2015. He did a, a fine job and a great job in, in Canada. Uh, Prime Minister, uh, tell us, uh, the world is in a big mess. And right now, uh, how do you view what, what the heck is going on? Well, look, it, it is an enormous mess, uh, John, and... First of all, thanks for having me. You and I have spoken many times in the past, but I'm delighted to be on your show for the first occasion. Look, three things very quickly. Geopolitics. We spent a generation or more trying to pretend that Russia, China, Iran, and others were our friends, uh, finding out that wasn't true. And they've been, you know, obviously planning to overturn the, the global democratic order. We have spent ourselves, borrowed and spent and printed money into oblivion, and now we have a essentially stagflation coming on in many countries as a consequence of that. And, of course, our, our politics have been disrupted by, you know, what I call um, the division between elites and populists. People talk about the rise of populism. I think it's largely about elites that have been out of touch and done a lot of things that have damaged the interests of ordinary people. So between all of these things, the world, the democratic world in particular, is in terrible turmoil. Prime Minister, ever since we uh, changed governments here and in the United States uh, a few years ago, uh, and the pipeline was shut off, uh, or the oil pipeline, uh, that the new one that was called the Keystone Pipeline. Right. There's been world. There's been a world turmoil in oil prices, and you are you are one of the world's experts on energy. Uh, tell us what the heck is going on, because the American people don't understand it. Sure. Look, I, I, I'll try and put it really simply. There are three blocks of oil producers in the world. There's the traditional OPEC led by the Saudis. There's what's now called the OPEC Plus Group led by Russia. And there are, you know, the market-oriented, free, or free market-oriented producers led by the United States, of which Canada is a significant part. And, you know, what has happened is that the, the Saudis have determined that they want to keep oil prices in a 70 to $90 band. And they've got the full cooperation of the Russian bloc to do that, partly because the Russians can't afford to make enemies of the Saudis right now. The Russians have made enough enemies, as we all know. And with, you know, the current administration and the government in Canada taking Canada and the United States out of the game of, of being major energy producers or doing their best to do that, they have allowed um, that other block to effectively control prices, and they're going to keep them reasonably high. They're going to try, you know, John, they're going to try and prevent them. They're not going to keep them really high. They're going to try and prevent them from going over 90 or certainly 100. But, you know, given the restrictions on oil development in our countries and in some other parts of the world for, for other reasons, um, they're going to be able to keep them high. So uh, they don't want to put the world out of business, uh, but they certainly want to closer to the $90 level than the uh, $65 or $70 level that uh, North America would like it at. Yeah, they won't, they won't let it go below 70 for any extended period of time. And they'll, they'll be keeping it closer to 90. You're absolutely right. And, and 
given supply and demand, and as I say, given the determination of some Western governments to restrict oil production, and given problems in some oil producers like Venezuela, they're not going to have a hard time keeping those prices high, even as the global economy slows. Uh, so, uh, and what I've said publicly was that uh, Russia is uh, using a lot of their newfound uh, uh, gold, uh, being the, uh, uh, the the profits on oil uh, in their, I guess, their war on Ukraine. And the question is, is Iran using it against Israel? Uh, because Iran is now uh, doing three million barrels a day, and it was down to one. Yeah, uh, well, first of all, you know, it isn't just against Ukraine. I mean, Russia has been using the revival of oil prices ever since Putin came into power to rebuild their military and become a competitor around the world. This is this is is not new. It, it, it took the full scale invasion of Ukraine in 2022 for most people to catch on to that. But that's what's been happening. Um, Iran, uh, you know, Iran still faces restricted markets, but they are selling their oil. And of course, they um, they have um, used it to fund terrorism and and foment revolution around the world, including Hamas. And, you know, look, John, it's not a secret. I know the uh, U.S. administration wants to deny it and the Israelis, for their own part, don't want to admit it either. But uh, the reality is, you know, your government just gave $6 billion to Iran, and a big chunk of that went into exactly what we're seeing now in Gaza. It's certainly a, a major problem. Um, it is. So we're going to be – either we're going to be at $70 or $90 no matter what. Yeah, we're going to be between 70 and 90 but I think we're going to be at the high end of that. Um, because, as I say, look, John, for, for the, the very simple reason is this. Um, in spite of what environmentalists say, and, and you know, we can debate, uh, there's certainly desirable that the world emit less carbon, carbon dioxide. But the reality is that the demand for oil continues to rise. It is, and, and it is going to rise, based on the data we have today, going to rise every year for the for the foreseeable future. I know some dispute that, but there is no basis when they make those statements. The oil demand continues to rise. So as we restrict supply and we restrict supply in market-oriented countries like the United States, like Canada and elsewhere, all we do is push the price higher and hand control of global oil markets to non-market producers, to those who want to keep the prices as absolutely high as possible. Understood. And since we've been restricting the markets in North America, uh, the, the, the prices is going to be on the higher end. Uh, but the other problem that's happening, uh, Prime Minister, is uh, the only uh, uh, thing to control inflation is interest rates. And uh, the United States is having a serious problem uh, with their interest rates and what they're doing to the rest of the country in the, in the real estate industry and as well as the, uh, as the banking industry. Yeah, you and I have discussed this, John, and we, we maybe have a, a little bit of a different uh, take. Um, first of all, the, the, the Federal Reserve, the central bank, can do more than just restrict inter or raise interest rates to reduce inflation. They're also reducing the size of their balance sheet. And both Canada and Bank of Canada and the Federal Reserve are doing that. So there are various ways to reduce inflation, but the best and most effective way 
is to raise uh, interest rates. And, um, you know, my, my own judgment, and, uh, you know, we can argue that maybe they've raised them too high, but the reality is that, um, you know, they have to get uh, inflation down. If they don't get inflation down, interest rates will go up anyway. And you are seeing rates rise even on longer-term government securities for this exact reason. So I think they've got to get inflation down. Look, I think the unfortunate reality is that the central banks completely goofed during the um, during the pandemic. Um, there's no doubt they had to provide additional liquidity to the market. But what you saw in our countries was at a time when economic activity was being restricted by government rules and regulations, so you couldn't stimulate the economy, it was, it's, its activity was restricted, central banks poured trillions of dollars of money into the economy. And frankly, I think the inflation is a lot higher than, than official figures admit. Um, it shouldn't have happened, but it has. And getting ourselves out of this, um, out of this, uh, difficulty is not going to be easy. And it's it's made doubly hard by the fact that as the central bank is raising rates to try and restrict money supply, you have governments, both in Canada, the United States and elsewhere, running enormous deficits that in and of themselves create inflationary pressures. So, you know, until I, I tell John, John, I tell people, you can't fix all of this with just playing with interest rates and money supply and deficits. The only way we've got to get our economies back on track is what we did in the 80s, and that's to do supply-oriented, uh, market-oriented, business-led economic growth. As long as we do the policies of the 1970s, high deficits, you know, lots of money, uh, we're going to get the results of the 1970s, and that's where we're at.